Uh, I am going to finish wrapping up our summer series today. So if you're brand new for the first time, we've been in one little paragraph at the end of Acts chapter 2 all summer long, and I'm going to wrap that series today. The series is called Devoted. It is the birth of the new covenant of grace church. Beginning of Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls on the believers, and the birth of the new covenant church of God's grace begins. They are enabled. They are not white-knuckling. They are not checking religious boxes. They have been filled and enabled by the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, to follow, to go, to transform themselves, to be transformed, and to advance the kingdom of God. And so we've been looking at one paragraph all summer long, and we've gleaned 10 things from this paragraph in Acts chapter 2. And we spent the whole summer uh, in this paragraph. What were they devoted to at the very beginning of the New Covenant Church? Uh, We are going to be focused here today, last verse, they were devoted to praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Uh, Andrew Spada, our worship uh, director, he spoke on praising God last week, his first time ever in a pulpit. He did fantastic. He did fantastic. If you haven't heard that, it's online. Go listen to it. It was really, really wonderful. He's really funny. He's really funny. And he is really a gifted communicator as well. So it was really, really great last week. I'm going to focus today on this part. Enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Enjoying favor leads to growth. Enjoying the favor of God leads to growth. Would you guys agree with that? Certainly it's true in the Acts church. They were enjoying the favor of God and God was adding to their number. He was giving them more people to enjoy the favor. Now we, if we widen the lens out uh, and think about this whole summer together, uh, Acts chapter two is, uh, the, the description is, is a living, alive growing church. The believers, Acts 2.42, they were devoted, again, an enabled and empowered devotion, not a white-knuckling religious devotion, and a live devotion to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God, to fellowship, to prayer, to breaking bread together. They were devoted to serving one another. They were creating an environment of being servants, loving, caring, knowing, and being known, and serving, and being Serve. They were being generous with one another. Everything that they had was being shared. Nothing was theirs. Everything was shared. They were sharing life together. They were in each other's homes, eating each other's food. They were, they were together. They were gathering in worship uh, together, last week's message. And then today, they were enjoying the favor of God. These things were all present. And what was happening in the church was a growing depth. They were growing individually. There was a depth growing, and there was a width growing. The Lord was adding to their number, deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Da, 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 da. Deep and wide. You don't know this song. I'm a child of the 80s. Come on, college people. Do you guys not know this song? No. Holden, never heard it before. Now you know it. But if you're my age and you didn't sing with me, I'm a little frustrated right now because you know that song. 
don't you? Noah, do you know it? Oh, yeah, you do. You do. You didn't sing it, though. That's all right. The Acts Church was organic. There were no buildings. There was nothing like this. They were in each other's homes. They were in parks. They were gathering. It was organic. It was natural. It was relational. The church was literally alive with joy. C.S. Lewis, joy is the serious business of heaven. They were alive with joy. They were enjoying God's favor. And the church was growing. Isn't this what we want to experience in our day as well? I don't believe that Acts 2 has to be a narrative from 2,000 years ago that we read about. I believe it's an opportunity for us to step into something that we can actually experience and taste today. To see God move in this way, to see our lives transformed, our individual lives, and then to see our church transformed, and to see new people coming to salvation on the daily. Would that be amazing? It would be amazing. So we're going to talk about growth today, both individual and corporate. Spada mentioned this last week, that worship is both individual and the, the way we individually worship God affects how we corporately worship God. But I would also say the way we corporately worship God also is a catalyst for how we individually worship God out of here. And I believe the same about spiritual growth. It's individual and it is also communal. I'm going to start with just that phrase, enjoying the favor. Enjoying the favor. The etymology of the word means to show kindness toward. Favor is something uh, granted. It's not something deserved. It's not something that you do to get favor. The, the, the very etymology of the word is just to be on the receiving end of goodness, kindness, favor. Unearned, undeserved, you're just on the receiving end. Um, when you think of favor, that's the Greek word, by the way, charis. Sometimes it's also translated Karen, not to be confused with like that new thing about Karen, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is so wrong if you're named Karen that that just came out of nowhere in the last five years. The word changes from charis to Karen just based on the grammar it would just be like a word in our English, and if it's plural, it's going to change a little bit at the end, right? Same, same root word. They were enjoying charis. They were enjoying the favor of God. When you think about favor, being favored, being on the receiving end of being someone showing kindness or God showing, what do you think about? Like if we could just put an, an example to favor, Think about something. I want you to share it with your neighbor. When you think about being favored, what do you think about? That's something tangible you think about. Ready, set, go, share. What do you think about? Bringing you back, bringing you back, bringing you back. If your neighbor shared something really awesome, you're like, oh, that's good. 
uh, I want you to, I want to get a few examples. So you're not sharing yours, you're sharing your neighbors. So just throw a hand up and just get a few examples. What's a tangible example of being shown favor? Thank you. LeBron James. Oh, LeBron James has been athletically favored. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about here? He was shown kindness. Not, not everybody can be 6, 8, and 250 with, yeah, exactly. Good one. Good example. I like it. <laughs> if you're not a basketball guy, LeBron James is like one of the greatest players ever. What's another one? Ooh. Ooh. Should have gotten a speeding ticket. Got favored. Got favored. Bob, take it a little easy on the, on the pedal there, bro. Okay. Another example. Bryn. To be chosen, is that what you mean? Okay, something like that, yeah. My friend Guy in the front row said, to when someone speaks encouragement over me, just speaks encouragement over me. I was thinking about when I was growing up and I would go to my grandmama's house and they would feed me, just feeling real favored at Granny's house, trust me. Her, by the way, her strawberry jam and her homemade biscuits, mm, mm, mm. Here's another place favored. So to show kindness toward, it's, it's given, it's granted. You've got to take yourself off the performance earned uh, thing in our brains to understand favor, okay? Uh, it is not, it is just received. Here's another place where it is. John 1, 16 and 17. For from his fullness, from the fullness of Christ, we have all received grace. There's the word, charis. Same word as Acts 2, 47. We've all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace, charis, and truth came through Jesus Christ. The apostle John is juxtaposing law and grace. Moses, Jesus, old covenant of law, new covenant of grace and freedom. And from the fullness of Christ, you have all received grace upon grace. If you've been around Two Rivers Church for any amount of time, you know that John 1.16 is our vision, core vision verse for this church community, our vision, and it, and it empowers our mission. We do live south of the Cashelpooter and north of the Big Thompson, and that's fantastic. I love both of those, but that is not why we are Two Rivers Church. We are Two Rivers Church because of the phrase grace upon grace. We want to be in that Space together, same, same word. So what is favor? It is grace. What is grace? It is unmerited favor. And the text says that all the people were enjoying it. I think that's significant. Don't you think it's significant that it says they were enjoying favor with all the people? All the people were enjoying the favor, and I just, I think that's significant. It doesn't say some of the people were enjoying favor and some of the people were, were resisting the favor. Or it doesn't say some of the people had favor and some of the people didn't have favor. It says all the people, all the disciples, all the believers, all of them were enjoying favor, all the people. It doesn't say just the Jews were enjoying the favor or just the Gentiles. It 
says all people. It doesn't say the young or the old or the single or the married or the rich or the poor. It says all the people. It's all the ethnicities. It's all the categories. It is all the people enjoying favor. And so here's a paraphrase that I want to invite you to consider. This is my paraphrase. All the people were enjoying their favor. And they were enjoying the favor given to everybody else. Like, I get to enjoy my favor, and I get to enjoy your favor without that silly jealousy thing that happens, that, that, that jealousy thing that happens that just fractures freedom and creates wedges in us, right? Like, I'm enjoying my favor, and I'm enjoying your favor. When, when everyone, when all the people... When everyone has unmerited favor and jealousy creeps in, we have left all the people enjoying the favor, right? Are y'all with me? And we go back to the law, we go back to religion, we go back to hierarchies, we go back to judgment. When everyone, when everyone has favor, unmerited favor, grace upon grace, and jealousy creeps in, we've left grace. And we've gone back to the law, and we've stopped dancing, and we have started despising the people who are dancing. My son Jackson and I, and my friend David, and my friend Chris, last Sunday night got to go hear this artist, um, painter, artist, author, I would even call a comedian. David, would you call him a comedian? I would call him a comedian. A performing artist. He wrote a book called Say Yes. The, the two hour, he, he, had, he was on a stage for two hours without a break and captivated us. The poet, man, this guy was something else. Very, very creative. But he wrote a book called Say Yes. And then his presentation was called A Liturgy of Not Giving Up on Yourself. And so we go to this, and he starts telling this story of being in a church service like this. And he grew up in a more traditional, kind of calmer church service. And this was a bit more expressive. And he sat in the back row because it was different for him. And there was this, like, guy that was there, and the guy was like back in the back corner, and the guy was like dancing. He's like, and he said he was like middle-aged and plump. So it's like I could not look at him, and he's just dancing. (laughs) You're welcome, Savannah. And he said, I couldn't take my eyes off him. And I was staring at him, and I was judging him. And the longer I kept watching him, I kept thinking to myself, man, that guy is really, really free in his skin. I wish I could be more free in my own skin. And the guy just continues to dance and dance and dance. He used the example of David dancing in his undies before the Ark of the Covenant And Michael, his wife, this is in 2 Samuel 6, if you want to check me later. Michael, his wife, despised David, the king of Israel, for dancing before the Lord with all of his might. 
right? So that's a story that he used in telling this story. And then he asked this question that grabbed me, and we were talking after, and I said, man, that is, that is the phrase that grabbed me. Of all the two hours and 15 minutes of this session together with this author, his name is Scott Erickson, by the way, he made this statement, like, do I want to be, do I want to be the person dancing or do I want to be the person despising the one who is dancing? And I go, I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance. And sometimes I have to get over myself to dance. Because if I'm honest, I'm a little bit afraid of what you're going to think of me. I'm a little bit afraid of your judgment. And if I was really smart right now, I would have had a 90s hip-hop song drop literally right in this moment. <laughs> And we would have seen who would dance. And if it was Usher, I know Josh Lowry would be, would be dancing. He and I would be dancing. I know this is true. This is some, like, festival from 2009. Who's seen this on YouTube before? On the, yep, a few of you have. Not, well, less than I thought. Since 2009, this video clip, it was a, like a music festival in, like, 2009 or something, 29 million views. Why do you think? Why do you think? I mean, even when you were looking at it at the beginning and the guy's like getting down with no shirt on, you're like, this is weird. We're in church. And he's got some random guy dancing with his shirt off. I mean, it's out of the box. Would you agree? Like, that was out of the box. But what is happening right here? What is happening right here? They're all having a great time, Judy, and they all got caught up in it, didn't they? All the people enjoying favor means zero pressure to perform or to strive to impress or to hide from one another. And I think that kind of stuff is rampant in the church. This pressure we feel to impress each other or to perform for one another or to strive to impress you, or to hide the ugly parts of my life that I don't want anyone to see. Because if I'm honest, if I let you see that, you would leave me or you would judge me. And so I'm just gonna keep that back. But I'm inviting us to consider when everyone is favored, should not that root out that performance-driven thing, that pressure that we feel to impress or hide? If every single person is favored, like, Think of a space right now where you were like either now or like growing up or whatever, a space where you literally felt no pressure to perform, like safe, relaxed, at home. Like it's my Granny Swain's house, Granny and Papa Swain. They lived a mile down the road or Ma and Pa, my other grandparents, they lived two houses down. I grew up a little bit, I grew up in a small town, it's kind of like Mayberry, but I just grew up with all my grandparents, and it was so safe. You're thinking about a safe place. Is it easy to invite someone to the safe place that you're thinking about right now? Because you know what the culture is. You know what? They're going to get a welcome. They're going to get love. They're going to get food. They're going to get whatever. You're like, oh, I can invite anyone. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they've been. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They're going to... They're going to get what you get when you show up at this place. You're going to get loved. You're going to get cared for. 
It's like inviting you to my grandparents' house. Shouldn't the church be that? Is the church that? Oftentimes not. But would you agree that it, it ought to be? Maybe more like what we saw? I'm inviting us to consider that that could be true. I want to read you something that Lindsay and I wrote together even before we moved here. We moved here in 2011, if you don't know the story, to plant Two Rivers Church. The next fall, 2012, we started Two Rivers in our living room with about five to ten people. We wrote this document way before we ever moved to Fort Collins. And if you get on my computer, it's like, it's just, there's this file called church planting document. Click, click. There's one file in there called We Envision. And this is some things that Lindsay and I wrote. We envision a place where if you are hurting, you can hurt. If you are grieving, you can grieve. If you are joyful, you can rejoice. But most of all, it's a place to be safe and real and be transformed by, here's the phrase, by the favor of Jesus, or the grace of Jesus, because favor is grace and grace is favor. For the first time, for the first time, or perhaps again, right? At the end of the document, it says this, the lies, the lies of performance are like jail cells for Christians and non-believers alike, Our mission is to free people from their prisons to the freedom of life in Christ. I envision, or we envision, life-filled folks in our body. Folks is like a Southern vernacular. It's another way of saying all y'all, because I mean, I'm a Southern guy. So y'all is like two, all y'all is three plus. I've taught y'all this before. (laughs) Folks is just, it's plural, right? It's people, right? I envision the most life-filled Filled folks in our body. Laughter, laughter, play, joy, worship. Freedom, hope, and healing. Walking their stories of redemption out in the daylight and beckoning others to taste the grace of God. We long for a culture where people are free not to impress and they are free not to hide from one another. What has to be present for a people to be freed from the temptation of trying to impress each other or this temptation that we feel to hide from. What has to be present? Everyone is favored. Everyone is favored. So I would add to the document now, after prepping for this, we long, we long for a culture where all the people enjoy all the favor. What happened in Acts 2 was the Lord added to their number. There ain't a whole lot of, there ain't a whole lot of seats in here right now. But, we, but we, ain't, we ain't gonna put a full church sign out front either. Like, we'll figure it out. I mean, all are, all are welcome at the table. If there's room for me at the table of grace, there's room for more. Amen? There's room for us, there's room for more. And so, they're enjoying favor, and here's what happens. The Lord added to their number. And the Lord, the Lord, and the Lord added. The Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The people were growing 
because they were enjoying the favor. And the Lord added, so the church was growing because the people were enjoying, and the Lord added, and now the church is growing. That's what was happening. They weren't executing some church growth strategy to grow. They were enjoying favor, and the Lord was adding to their, that's, that's the simplicity. They were enjoying the favor. God was growing the number. Like, in the video, do you think that anyone that joined in on that dance party, do you think that anyone that joined in the dance party was guilted or shamed into joining in? We don't know, but I think it was more like, dude, let's go, man. Come on, parts over there, let's go. I don't think people were guilt and shamed. I think they just joined in. I think they just saw joy. Like, they saw life. They saw freedom. They saw one random dude dancing, and it looked like fun, and then they started coming too. And I just go, like, what if the church looked more like joy and less like ceremony? Like, we're going to gather here. We're going to worship God. Our sanctuary has wooden pews and stained glass windows. It is a church. We are a church. We follow in the way of Jesus, but we ain't trying to be churchy. Like, we take grace and freedom. We proclaim it. We take it very seriously. But we don't want to take ourselves so seriously. Like, what if the church looked more like joy, less like ceremony? What if, what if the gatherings were people enjoying favor instead of practicing religion? And listen, I'm not saying, I am not saying that there isn't place for quiet, for reverence, for solitude, for liturgy, for lament, We're about to start a monthly prayer gathering here on Friday nights, and this space is going to be quiet for people to be still and know God, and there's going to be prayer ministers available to pray and minister. Like, that's happening. I have a a liturgy book in my bag that I read almost every day. I preached a series on lament in January, right? So I'm not saying one or the other. I'm just saying both and. I'm just saying both and. I'm not saying there isn't important space for quiet or reverence, but I am saying that the church in Acts was enjoying grace and favor, and the Lord was adding to their number. I am saying that. Growth was happening supernaturally. Because enjoying favor is supernatural. Would you agree? For you to enjoy the unmerited favor and the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy and the hope and the peace of God that doesn't make, us, doesn't make any sense. For you to enjoy the favor of God, that is a supernatural receiving on your part. And it requires your humility. So your ego will resist it. Your toxic shame, toxic guilt will resist it. It requires you to get out of your natural way of thinking and to step into the supernatural way of God to receive freshly the favor of God. So enjoying favor is supernatural, amen? And then the Lord added to their number. They didn't add to their number. 
the Lord did. People were attracted to the life. You don't have to overthink it. But we got to let go of the pressure that we all feel to one degree or another to impress or hide. And we have to step off the treadmill of performance to receive unmerited favor, to enjoy it, and to trust God to grow us in depth and in width. I asked the staff, I'll finish here this morning. Uh, I can tell I haven't been preaching a lot. I'm like starting to sweat. I'm like old school here in a second. <laughs> um, I asked the staff this Tuesday. We have a staff meeting every Tuesday morning. And I just would whiteboard it. And I'm just like, how do things grow? How do people grow? Like, what do people need to hear on Sunday? And we were talking about like Israel. And as a reminder, like Israel is such an agrarian society. And so we have lots of metaphors and analogies in the scripture around uh, growth as it relates to like gardens and vines and branches. And so we talked about John 15, Last Supper. John 13 to 16 is the Last Supper discourse. John 15. If you, wanna, if you have a Bible, would you open? I'm gonna read five verses from John 15. I'm gonna show you what Jesus is teaching his disciples about growth, spiritual growth, Depth, width. The day before he goes to the cross, at the, la- at the Last Supper, John 15, he makes this famous statement about growth. And this word picture. So visualize it in your mind as I read these words. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. While every branch that does every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Another way to translate prune there is clean. Every branch he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. John 15, 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a person remains in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do, what's your Bible say? Nothing. I did a deep Greek word study on that word. Literally, I did it. It's gonna, this is gonna, this is gonna blow your minds. Guess what the Greek word translated for nothing means in John 15, 5? Guess. Nothing. nothing. Not one, none, Z- zippo, nada. That's my paraphrase. That's my paraphrase. Nothing means nothing. So, what is essential for any branch? I am the vine, Jesus said, I'm the vine, I am the vine, you are the branches. What is essential for any branch, first and foremost, to remain in the vine? Because apart from the vine, we can do nothing. But remaining, abiding in the vine means you will bear fruit. And and the gardener will prune you so that you can bear even more fruit. The gardener 
the vine is doing all the pruning and the work. We're just enjoying favor and abiding. And God does the work in us and through us. I know this to be true in my life. I believe this to be true in your life. Sometimes branches get stuck, right? Branches get stagnant. Branches get broken. Branches stop growing. Would you guys agree? Life happens. Something gets off internally, externally, um, hurt, harm, storms, family, family systems, generational stuff. Uh, I make agreements with lies, all the things, and we get stuck. Pruning helps the branch that is stuck get moving again. And before a branch can grow out, it must grow up. And the pruning helps us get moving. It helps us get unstuck. Who does the pruning? Do you have to do the pruning? We just enjoy favor. Just be on the receiving end. Abide in Jesus. God does the pruning. We grow up. We have an opportunity to grow out. When you get stuck spiritually... What is your default? I wonder if, for some of you, if not most of you, our, when we, I wonder if our default is like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start doing some stuff. I gotta, start, I gotta start working harder. You know what I mean? Like, I start thinking about what I need to do. Tuesday night, we put Michaela, I'm gonna owe her money. Because when I talk about my kids, they tell me now I owe them money. So I just remember that. I'm going to owe Michaela money. Um, Dad, if you use my name in a sermon, you owe me money. Okay, it's just a PK thing. Anyway, she is starting middle school on Wednesday, anxious, nervous. Lindsay puts her to bed. I go in 30 minutes later, and... She is, laid, she is laid across her bed with her legs like hanging off the bed. Just like, you know, stuck. And I'm like, KK, what's the matter? All these tears. Can't talk. Can't talk to me. Rolls off the bed onto the floor. Now we're rolling around. I can't, she won't talk to me. I can't get anything out of her. I'm like, okay, this is, this is a bit of a scene here. And finally, I get out of her, what if I show up tomorrow and I don't know what to do? That's, that's what was happening, right? It's the, the default. And I said, Michaela, every teacher and every eighth grade web leader that are there tomorrow, they're there to show you, here it is, they're there to show you favor. Their whole job tomorrow is to help you as a sixth grader Learn what to do so that you're not afraid of what you're doing. And then I, she got calm, and then I laid down, and I started doing with her what I did with all of our kids, Lindsay and I both, when they were little. Just lay in bed, and you sing. You sing songs, right? Anybody watch the Netflix um, show Quarterback? 
Anybody watch that? Like the last scene, Kirk Cousins, the last scene that they lost the playoff game. What did he do with his son? He was singing to him. And I was like, oh, my God. I was watching that. I'm like. <laughs> and I lay on the bed with Michaela. I put my hand on her back, and I just start singing. And I kid you not, this was a song that I started singing. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I didn't know they were singing that song today. I'm standing there singing it next to Savannah, and Savannah goes, oh, now I'm going to owe you money. I said your name earlier, too. And Savannah goes, oh, I wish mom was here. Mom is in Phoenix dropping off Ellie at college. Why? Because mom used to always sing me that song. And I felt a little jealousy, and I'm like, I sing you that song, too, sweetie. (laughs) Was it just mom? See, when we get stuck, typically our default is we start acting like the gardener, and we're not the gardener. You're not the gardener. You are, tell me, you are the branch. God the Father, the gardener. Jesus is the vine. You are the branch. Abide. That's it. Enjoy the favor. What if instead of trying to utilize like guilt and shame tactics to help get myself going again. Which by the way, if you give your emotional and your spiritual energy to listen to your guilt tactics and your shame tactics to get yourself going again, you're not gonna get free in Jesus, you're gonna become a legalist. And you're gonna stop dancing and you're gonna judge the people that are dancing. And there's no life there. There's no life there. So be careful to not... Be the gardener when you're not, and be careful that you're not utilizing guilt tactics and shame tactics to help yourself get moving again. What if you just did this? What if the default was this? Remain in me, and you, tell me, you will bear fruit. Part of enjoying God's favor is embracing the pruning, because when God prunes us, it's always through the lens of his mercy and grace and freedom, and he's helping us grow up so we can grow out. So part of enjoying freedom is embracing with joy the pruning that God does in our lives. Worship team, you guys can come back up. Know this. It is not our job to build the church. We are not the gardener. We are not the vine. Jesus' words, Matthew 16. Speaking to Peter, I will, I will, I will build the church. The Lord of glory builds the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What do we get to do? Oh, church. We get to enjoy favor. We get to enjoy mercy. We get to enjoy grace. We get to enjoy love. We get to enjoy being delivered. We get to enjoy being transformed. We get to enjoy the fellowship. We get to enjoy other people being saved and welcoming them in. That's what we get to do. We get to worship. We get to take communion. Like, I don't know if there's another, a better way, a tangible way for us to to operate in a practice to enjoy God's favor than to take communion together. Because right after Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, abide in me and you will bear fruit, He breaks bread with the disciples, and he says, this is my body broken for you. 
eat this in remembrance of me. Enjoy the favor. And then he pours wine and says, drink this for the forgiveness of your sins. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Enjoy the favor. So we're going to enjoy the favor. We're going to worship, I think, a couple songs. There's little communion packets in your pews. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple of Jesus, I just want to invite you in this space when you're ready at your, at your time. Enjoy the favor. Receive the body of Jesus broken. Receive the blood of Jesus shed. Enjoy favor. Stand up and worship. Stay seated and worship. Enjoy the favor. Borrow somebody's piece of paper so you can fan yourself a little bit if you need to. We're going to enjoy favor. We're going to worship. We're going to take communion together. Let's enjoy these moments together. Thank you for listening today. God bless you.